Hello and welcome to the A Block. My name is Marshall Ferguson. Thank you for being here as always. And thank you to our good friends and sponsors, Fox 40 and Sawdust City Brewing. If you want to get back into the game with Fox 40, just go to their website. Visit fox40shop.com and check out with some coaching boards, gear, and much more. Use the code CFP15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off of your order as we all get set to return to play. Get some beer, of course, to enjoy that as well. SawdustCityBeer.com. Get their wide variety of brews to learn more. This week, we did a Sawdust City Happy Hour tasting with Sam Corbett live from Quebec City at the Canadian Brewing Awards. You can check those out. They are going down tonight, Saturday night, September 18th. Go over and follow at Sawdust City Beer on Twitter to make sure that you're up in the know with everything that's happening there. And hey, maybe there's some beers that are, uh, are in and around you that are winning awards that you should be aware of. So check those out as well. And as we talk about returning to play, getting some beer to enjoy your football, I got to let you know right now as you're listening to this, if you're listening early in the afternoon on Saturday, OUA.TV, it is free. All football games for Ontario University Athletics streaming live and on demand. You can also go to OUA.ca for stats, standings, scores and much much more but oua.tv the free place to watch ontario university football at its best mac western i'm gonna be watching that here on a saturday afternoon before we get into a cfl and tsn doubleheader. the late game of course edmonton and winnipeg the early one montreal and bc which leads me to my guest today it is the owner new owner of the bc lions amar doman who i am thoroughly excited about what's happening with the BC Lions and I don't want to tease any of this I don't want to spill any of the beans and lead you into this conversation I just want you to hear it directly from Amar because his passion is unequaled I believe in the way he speaks about wanting to grow the game of football whether it be at the youth level or all the way up at the top professionally he's going to have a profound impact on everything happening around Canadian football on the Pacific Coast. So please enjoy the interview with Amar Doman right here, right now on the A Block on Canadian Football Perspective. First and foremost, thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. It's great to be able to chat with you face-to-face as much as possible here in the Zoom world that we're living in because I have been extremely excited by your introduction to the Canadian football world and the way that people are talking about you and this franchise. And you have brought life and excitement to a team, into a region that I think was due for a little bit of that. And you've done it in a way that's been aggressive already in the short time span that you've been in and around the BC Lions. So congratulations on purchasing the Lions and being a part of the CFL family because people really are excited to have you around tomorrow. Hey, a deep thank you for that. It is super exciting. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. There, there seemed to be a little bit of a, a lost sizzle out West. And, you know, the team, you know, obviously backed very well by Mr. Braley for many years, but it just seemed to not have a local heartbeat. And we're putting that back in there and we're putting it back in quickly. And uh, also the team is playing very well. So it's just uh, things feel good right now out West. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, we'll get to some of the football things coming up in just a couple minutes. But I want to give people more background on you as a, as a person, as a businessman, so they can really start to understand, because, as you know, you go on the CFL and TSN and you're in the booth alongside Dustin Nielsen and Glenn Suter. And it's great because we get this introduction to you across the entire nation. But TV works in small windows, Amar. So we didn't really get to know that much about you. And I want to know, when did the, the business bug first bite you? When did you first get a sense that, okay, I, I feel comfortable in this part of the world where I feel like I can really start to dominate and make my way up? 
Certainly, uh, you know, being born into a family of forestry and building products, uh, I got my start at a very young age, working around the mills, things like that with my father. So it certainly translated there where I just had this absolute passion for work. And I didn't know where I was going to sort of land as far as starting my own business. But as I started to move through high school, I just started to have a vision of what I wanted to do. And that was really to get into business for myself and really run things my own way. And I didn't want to be part of the family stuff. I wanted my own. And so I started with a, just a small company, remanufacturing lumber with four or five guys in Victoria, BC, where I was born and grew up on the island. And we just started to grow from there. And, and I bought a company in Vancouver about a year later. I moved to Vancouver for me, which was sort of moving over to the big town out of Victoria. I kind of thought I hit the big leagues. <laughs> at and um, we got very fortunate, worked hard, built a team, and really uh, haven't looked back. We've just continued to build through acquisition, and we're across North America now, and, and we have close to uh, 3,000 employees now and, um, and growing, and it's been super strong, but the vision's always been there, and, and to own a team uh, is really, uh, first of all, it's a responsibility, but also it's an honor to be part of the CFL. It's amazing because it's such a wonderful success story, as you say, just being able to to have acquisitions and make your way up through the world and a little piece, little piece, little piece. But when you look back at the beginnings, did you ever imagine yourself as being someone who could say, yeah, you know what, this little toy over here, this orange toy, the BC Lions, I'm going to get me one of them one day. <laughs> you know, I think for, uh, you know, most people that admire sports, play sports, of course, that's a dream that kind of sits in your head. Um, you know, as we're signing the papers and executing everything, it, it really started to come together. I've sort of an emotional feeling of, hey, this is this is big league stuff. This is special. This is why you work so hard. You can have, you know, as many businesses as you want running and, and great people around. It's fantastic. A sports enterprise is something different. So a dream come true uh, right here at home in B.C. Yeah, it's special to be able to do it at home, as you say, and being around in Victoria. I love the uh, the idea, the anecdote of uh, going to the big city in Vancouver. Tell me about growing up in Victoria. Like, what was that like for you and your family? It was fantastic. Uh, you know, over 100 years ago, my grandparents emigrated from India. My grandfather became a logger on Vancouver Island, and my dad and my uncles were all born in Duncan, just north of British Columbia. No, sorry, just north of Victoria, I should say. So I've been in British Columbia over 100 years. Um, growing up in Victoria was great. Uh, smaller town feeling to me, even though Victoria is not that small of a town. I think there's three or 400,000 there, but uh, my mom's still there. It was fantastic. I think Victoria gave me a lot of grounding and it just um, a lot of focus, uh, a lot of time to think there. It's not a big, big town where there's a lot of distractions. So for me, that was great. And I got to work a lot and really just, uh, you know, live out my dream, which is just to work hard all the time. When you mentioned falling in love with the the concept of work and wanting to to just see where it would take you, was there ever a moment where it almost took you in a completely different direction from where you ended up? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not sure it did because I, I, you know, had my vision of what I wanted to do. I, I followed it. And, you know, a few simple things you do in life, too, is, you know, everyone always says, write stuff down. Well, I'm telling you, write stuff down. It happens. You know, if you write down your goals, all of these different things that are in your head all the time that pop in, pop out, you put those things on paper or type them into your, your smartphone, whatever it is you can make things happen. And I'm a big, big proponent of that. So I kind of had my vision. I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I just wanted to run a business. And I wanted to say, hey, I can run my own profit and loss. You know, if I screw up, it's on me. I didn't want to blame anybody. I wanted to be on my shoulders. And as we started to grow, I realized what a team means and how important a team is. And learning those lessons over time, you just learn on the job. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. There's a lot of crossovers, obviously, when you, you have people like, you know, uh, Bill Gates or otherwise that own Fortune 500 companies, they'll come in and they'll speak to football teams and talk about those concepts of leadership and togetherness. And what, what's a lesson that you feel like you can impart from your business background and understanding where if you were a guest speaker or if the Lions coaching staff said, Mark, can you just come in and talk to our guys today? You know, maybe we've had a couple losses in a row and we're trying to get things on, on track. What would you say to them that kind of crosses over from the world you've lived in into the one that you're now endeavoring to take over? Yeah, I think number one, I would say, and, and certainly I don't want to uh, play coach, that's for sure. But uh, I would say, look, uh, number one, um, don't forget, you know, what got you here and don't change things overnight. Good results take time. And sometimes we have, you know, pitfalls. And sometimes it's like the windshield wiper it goes this way and it goes this way. There's no straight line to success. There's no straight uh, line to winning all the time. But I think we have to take a look at mistakes that we've made and make sure you try not to make those again. I think that's number one. Don't drop your work ethic or your morale. You got to get up from every hit. You got to get up from every business loss. That, you know, it looks good because when you're in business, you see the success, guys buying teams. Looks like everything's great, but what you don't usually see is the journey to get there and how many errors there are as you get through and navigate business. There's all kinds of problems that come at you every day, just like on the football field or on the baseball field, sports. There's issues all the time. So motivate yourself is the hardest thing to do when you're in a rut, but you've just got to go back to basics and keep getting up, motivate yourself and go after it again and again, and good things will happen. Results will come. Yeah, I love it. I've uh, I've been reading a book recently called Failing Forward that I have buried over somewhere next to me here. And, and in that, it basically says 95% of people that turn away are about six inches away from finally accomplishing the goal that they've been working at, right? So the idea of not giving up on those things is is pretty unique. I have another book, actually. I'm a big Formula One fan, personally, and, and I love... Uh, Will Buxton wrote something called uh, F1's Biggest Defeats. And it's basically every great champion racer that's been in Formula One, their worst defeat, uh, their worst beat, their worst situation, teamwork, otherwise that they've been in. When you talk about bouncing back through adversity and finding your way and not giving up, what was your biggest defeat? What was your biggest moment of frustration where you almost turned away or you almost gave up? Yeah, you know, I was 22 and uh, one of my, you know, this, this is one of my big business lessons that I learned the hard way. So it's a great question. Um, I had most of my eggs in one basket with a customer in Vancouver. That customer walked away. I think it was 75% of my revenue overnight, blindsided. And all of a sudden, uh, my back went out. I was physically ill. Like I, I was just, my world was completely rocked. I didn't know what to do. It was the best thing that ever happened to me at the end of the day. During that period, though, I thought life was over. You talk about the guy giving up, you know, inches before success. I kind of felt like, you know what? I really thought I knew what I was doing. I went from high school right into business, close with the family. I, hey, you know, I kind of got this. After four years in, you get wiped out like that quick and you got to get up and that was the lifelong lesson that taught me a bunch of things about customers, not putting all your eggs in one basket, all those different things. But man, I was this close to not having any business at all and going under when I was 22. To have that happen at 22, Amar, like, and I understand that you got into the business very early, so you're going to have adversity very early in your life. But at 22, nobody is emotionally mature enough to look at that and think of the big picture. Well, you know, it's you got your employees now, you've formed your company, you know, and we talk about how this relates to teamwork again. Those guys are my team. You know, I moved to Vancouver, putting food on the table for these guys. We're working for each other. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you, you've lost most of your business and it's not easy to replace that. And, 
you've got to go out and, and you know, re-engage and, and start. It's almost from like so you've, you've just, you know, reset the clock and you've got to start all over again. But the lessons you learn as you fail on your journey, no matter what it is, are so critical to move your path forward, but you can't give up. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Uh, the last question I got for you here on the business background is uh, name names, Amar. Who's the guy who dropped 75% of your uh, your stock? Because I think what you have to do now is you just get to drop them off season tickets to the BC Lions as a moment of gratitude and say, look, I'm paying it forward. Yeah, you know what, that company's not, a, it's, it's morphed into a bunch of different businesses now. But, uh, you know, certainly, I, I think about that happening in that time when I got the phone call, um, and just how my my whole yeah everything just it just like you know somebody just hit me over the head with a uh, two by four Amazing. It, was, it was terrible but uh, maybe we'll drop off some lions tickets there you go i love that uh talk to me about your connection with football canadian football again it's okay. it doesn't have to be this uh you know big eloquent answer because you grew up in victoria you understand bc the lions have been a permanent fixture in that region for a long long time i mean you go back to watching old grainy black and white gray cubs it's no secret that they've had an established relationship with that not just vancouver but that area whether it be empire field or other places that they've been around uh, but where did your your idea, your connection, your love for this game specifically come about? Yeah, my brother and I used to, my older brother and I used to always watch football games. We'd watch CFL together. We'd watch NFL together. We just really liked it. We'd play with our friends. And our schools in Victoria didn't have football programs. It was all rugby. So we couldn't really play organized when we were young, but we just loved the sport and loved the game. And we couldn't go to games because it was in Vancouver and it was be a big trip, expensive and all that back then. And to go over and, and, and spend a night. But to, to really, you know, start to watch the game when I was probably nine or 10 years old. And, and, you know, once, you know, it starts to get in your brain, as you know, I don't need to tell you, but um, football becomes, you know, it just becomes in your brain, it becomes part of you. And the more you watch, the more addicted you get. And that was me. I just could not stop watching football. And I loved it. I've loved watching the old days, Louis Pisaglia. I mean, these are iconic names in BC that go way back. And, you know, the, even the Doug Flutie days, there was so much excitement here and things going on. BC Place was built. But one of the key things, you know, bringing all those youth uh, memories uh, to the table here and executing it. We've got to go forward now with a new league and with a new vision and realize that those are great memories. We can't recreate them. Let's not forget them. Let's create some new memories and new excitement and see what we can do with youth today and really get them involved. Yeah, the idea of, of being able to access youth and redevelop a fan base, not just in, in British Columbia, but across the entire Canadian Football League has been a topic of discussion for a while, and it's been a challenge at various different points. You know, I, I live in Hamilton, and just in the six years that I've been out of university at McMaster, and I've been working in and around media, I've seen the fan base in Hamilton become this young, fun, exciting, go out on a Friday night, enjoy yourself, have a beer, listen to live music kind of crowd. And it, it's amazing to me that that can happen in, in a relatively short time span, given the right circumstances of stadium, entertainment, environment, branding, uh, community outreach, all of these things that I know you're very, very interested in. I was thoroughly excited when I heard you on the CFL and TSN talking about, we're not going to be shy to put investment into these things. We're not going to be shy to try and get people out to these games and to make them love the BC lines and get some more orange out in the streets that we can have people wearing and embracing our game and our team specifically. I'm not asking for your 50 point plan over five years, but how do you start to do that? What are, what are some of the ideas and the things that you'd like to actually see come to fruition? 
Yeah, you know, it, yeah, I won't give you the 50 point plan. We're still developing that 50 point plan, but I can tell you some some quick hits that we're trying to do is really get, you know, the colors and everything more visible, um, whether that's in gyms, whether that's working, you know, we've got some ideas uh, that are coming with other athletes in town where we can start to spread the logo a little bit more. I'm inviting in a lot of my business contacts uh, to come to the game. I don't want corporate suites. I want people in the seats. You know, the, the corporate thing is great. But what I really want is fans coming back. And I've had a lot of people say, look, you know, just because you've come into this thing, there's a face to the franchise as far as ownership locally now, we're going to buy our season's tickets again. So there's certain things that are happening just because of the transition. But to your point earlier, look, the honeymoon period does, you know, end pretty quickly with ownership. Uh, what we want to do here is create sizzle with the youth. So when I talk about the nine or 10 year old guy I was thinking about football and watching it. That's the person we want to connect with. Now, how do we get there? I want to get it all over BC, but we've got to do this in a strategic manner over time. So number one, I want to continue to learn this season. And it's a short season. We want to get through this safely with the COVID problems we have you know, in, in the world today. So we want to get through this thing safely. But at the same time, where can I get out there? And where can we start donating pads? Can we start donating things and investing with the BC Lions logo? We're not going to be shy about that. We want this orange and black everywhere. We can start investing. And one of the things about getting more lions to talk to schools. We haven't been allowed to do that since 2020 because of the pandemic. So there's certain things we want to do, but we're stalled on. We can do these, you know, sort of Zoom interviews and things like that with schools, but it doesn't have the effect of a player showing up, you know, or a coach showing up. Those are things we want to do as well, just to get it more visible. We want to do rallies downtown, you know, where like at Robson Square, I'm not sure if you know where that is in Vancouver, yep. but there's areas where, hey, when it's game day or the day before game day, we should have merchandise out there. We should have giveaways. We should have the cheerleaders, you know, a bunch of different excitement going on to get people People looking at the BC Lions again, that hasn't been going on in years. And even at some of the local bars, we can have all the, the waiters and waitresses all wearing, uh, you know, orange and black. It, just getting it more visible is going to be number one. And we're prepared to invest in that. Also taking the team around to different cities in BC, visiting the Quinnells, Prince George, up north, Chetwin. You know, these are towns that probably have not had a lion visit in a long time. And there's really deep rooted fans there. And I think we can connect that. And also I'll personally show up as well. And I'll be out handing things out. I mean, I've been on my kids. They both play youth football here just showing up talking to people you see people tweeting different things like you know hey the bc lions owner was just here he's giving away hats and different things so <laughs> you know, it's it's we're going to be right invested in this community and the payoff is going to be getting football uh, back and getting more people back into bc place well with the effort that you're putting in and the grassroots nature of your efforts i think the honeymoon period is going to last a lot longer than you think Amar, <laughs> because uh, there's not a lot of people that are willing to get out there and, and be this passionate about it on the first step through the door and uh, and i love that you want to do that and i also love something as simple as the colors mean something right because this is football is a tribal sport as you say growing up loving it where you know, I'm in, in southwestern Ontario, and if I see somebody wearing, uh, you know, Buffalo Bills blue and red, I'm going, hey, Bills Mafia, and I give them a go Bills, and they give me back a go Bill, and it's just because we know, right, because I'm saying, hey, you got a bumper sticker or whatever it might be, I have this connection with you. I don't even know who you are, but I have a connection with you because I see what you've got on your car, and I know what team I cheer for. It's those little things where when you start to make those smaller connections, they can really add up. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, look, you mentioned Hamilton, how that's been revitalized to, you know, now it's kind of the in thing to do. It can be done. And when I look at things just like in business, you say, look, that guy can do it. That guy, why can't we do it? Or why can't we be better 
And those are things that I want to bring to the table. And that energy, I want to surround ourselves. We've got a great organization. I think we need to, you know, invest in more people. That's something there, you know, and it's it's just nothing against the former former ownership, but to get this to the next level, we have to put more dollars in. And you know, hey, it's a grind. It's a tough thing, but it's just something that we have to work on. And that means taking dollars, taking time but it's all possible to really get that excitement going. And already in Vancouver, you mentioned earlier, um, it, it's starting to, it's feeling different here. We're donating 10,000 t-shirts next Friday, obviously for the indigenous, you know, um, remembrance, if you will. And that is just run that, you know, there was an artist hired. I can't take credit for the artist, you know, that artwork uh, done by Kareen Hunt, it's a badass logo. I mean, yeah. it looked really cool and it's special to commemorate obviously a very difficult situation that's been need to use the word uncovered here and that excitement is everyone is, is trying to figure out where you can buy these shirts where you can get these shirts we wish we had another ten thousand because those ten thousand are going to be gone like that that outreach at this time you know through a tough uh discussion about uh, remembering these 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 sad kids it's horrible it's spread like wildfire here and the connection with the BC Lions, Premier Horgan has been excellent. We've got everybody on our side here and to kick that off uh, with orange shirts on orange shirt day, it's got unbelievable excitement around it already. And that's next Friday against the riders here. Uh, I thought that you drew that logo by hand, Amar. That was my understanding. I, I thought that I had that to the business portfolio there. But um, yeah, it, it, when I first saw that logo, so for me, you know, you mentioned about Robson Park and exactly where that is. I, I won a Vanier Cup when I was a player in 2011 with McMaster at BC Place. And it was the first time I had ever been out there. And our coach, Stefan Patacic, was a former BC Lion. He was a receiver and, and now he's the head coach of the McMaster Marauders. So he took us around to some local restaurants and he gave us a little bit of that Vancouver feel for a bunch of Ontario kids. It was awesome when you're in second, third year of university. Then in 2015, I get the job as the, the Tiger Cats radio play-by-play and so for the next five years, we're making our once annual trip out to BC to take on the Lions. And every single year, and partially because, you know, we fly in the, the logistics of this, not to bore you, but the day before we fly in, and it's a three-hour time difference, and I'm trying to keep my mind on the same time zone that I'm originally in. I'm sure you know this, you travel lots. Uh, and so I decided always, well, I'm just going to stay on Eastern time. Well, as a morning radio guy by trade at that point, I'm used to waking up at 5 a.m., which means when I go to BC, I'm waking up at 2 a.m., and the game isn't until 7 p.m. local time that night. So I've essentially got 14, 15 hours until I have to do my job. So what I would do is I would wander around and I would do the full loop of Stanley Park. Sometimes I would be there, go for a jog. Sometimes I would go to the grouse grind. I would do all these. So I feel like I've explored a little bit of Vancouver, just killing time on CFL game days. And the reason I bring that up is when you go to Stanley Park and you see all the indigenous carvings, and then you see what's happened with that logo. There's a real connection there. And this logo has struck a chord with people because it's woven together the fabric of the area and the history of the area and the province at large with the team that represents the province. And I, this is an unfair question to you, but I genuinely wondered this and I had to ask when I have you on, is there any interest whatsoever in having a more permanent fixture of something like that? I know it's only a couple of days old, so it's, it's impossible to say, hey, is that your new logo? But is there any idea of weaving in something like that into the future branding of the BC Lions? Because, man, did it ever really hit a home run? It has. And, and you know, I, I think anything's possible. We're going to, you know, look at this and, and see, you know, a little bit more of a longer term reaction to it. But I mean, 
I think you know as well, initial reactions are the most important, right? What is that first impact? And like you said, this has been a grand slam here. And this is something that we'll have to take internally um, and take a look at because it is special, it's working and it's resonating. And frankly, at, at the ownership level here, we can't ignore that. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly something that people that are not just in BC have fallen in love with. And I'm telling you, if you put those t-shirts up on bclions.com, man, they will be gone. And I know that you know that. So uh, hopefully we can make that a reality because I'd love to buy one too in support of all the causes that Orange Shirt Day is going to be. Again, if you're in BC or Vancouver in the area and you want to support, uh, that is September 24th, by the way, the game that is the Orange Shirt game down there at B, uh, BC Place that you can check out and we go down. Add that no green allowed that game. <laughs> yeah. place, orange and black. Uh, you have no idea, Mar, how much I was excited when you guys played the Riders to kick off the season. I know that you hadn't closed the I don't know how long you were in discussions for, but Nathan Rourke is a Canadian quarterback surprise start going in there and just playing his heart out in the most difficult environment in the entire CFL when it comes to crowd noise. I, not that I pull for teams, you know, I don't cheer for anything as a broadcaster, but I do cheer for people. And I've interviewed Nathan Rourke and I wanted him to just have the most incredible game in that setting. Yeah, I mean, he, poor guy, hey, welcome, welcome to the pros. Yeah. And right in. I mean, yeah, right into the riots, uh, basically. <laughs> yeah. When you look at that, you, you do say, look, you know, um, the depth and, and uh, strength of a football team is the players, of course, stating the obvious there. But when you, when you see a kid like that get started and, you know, that's going to resonate just, you know, like anyone else starting their career, you go into the fire early, that's going to go into the brain and it, that there's nothing but good that's going to come from him. You know, Mike's doing fantastic this year as well. He's got a front row seat seeing that. So we've got something pretty special at the quarterback level there and depth. And, you know, I, I know we've been playing Ottawa, you know, two games, two very strong wins. Um, great to see how the team is playing right now. And I think we're going to do some damage in Montreal this afternoon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game as well. It should be a great one. And again, you can check that out. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff if people are interested here listening on Saturday, September 18th. And uh, Montreal, you know, you know, for me, I'm a bit of a, an analytics football nerdy guy. And, and I, I look at Michael Riley throughout his career. You look at his spray charts and his targets and where he puts the football. And it's why I think Omar, you're so lucky to have him as a quarterback, as a new owner of a football team. Aside from the leadership and the veteran savvy, Michael doesn't give a damn about he'll put the ball anywhere, right? He'll spread the entire field with it. And then you look at Vernon Adams Jr. in Montreal, who at one time was also a BC Lion. And man, the way that he's able to spread the field vertically. And it, I look at this game tonight between your team in Montreal at Percival Molson out there in Quebec. And I just think like this, this is what the CFL is about. It's exciting plays. It's down the field. It's the brand of football that I'm sure got you interested in the CFL and the one that drew you towards purchasing a team. Because if this was a league built on three yard runs and a cloud of dust, I don't think you would have bought it. No, that's exactly right. And look, this afternoon, it's a statement game, I think is what we could say. And, you know, both, uh, you know, vet quarterbacks here, this is going to be exciting football. And it's exactly geared towards what you're mentioning style of quarterbacks that we have playing this afternoon so it's going to be a fantastic game uh i mean mike's also i mean he's thrown his body in i mean he's been jumping over uh you know to get into the end zone i mean he's taking some hits this is a team guy a veteran we are so honored to have him bc i met his family uh just a wonderful group of people number one you talk about rooting for people you root for the riley family yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Amar, I have one question left for you here, uh, and it is just simply how influential uh, do you plan on being 
the marionette dolls as the owner? Are you the Jerry Jones type of owner? Are you going to walk into the room and say, hey, we got to play this guy, not that guy? Or what is your ownership style that people can kind of understand you as moving forward? Yeah, I usually say it like this. Look, um, I would not want uh, the front organization or the front office, I should say, of the BC Lions coming into my office telling me what to do. <laughs> not going into theirs. I'm going to help here. I'm going to do all the branding. I'm going to help. Uh, my wife will help with that. We're going to do a lot more clothes. She's into fashion. We're going to get some really cool stuff going on. We're going to assist there. But when it comes to the X's and O's, man, no, no chance. Uh, I'm going to let the experts take care of that. And I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader this province has ever seen. Well, I'm extremely excited and slightly jealous, I have to admit, for people in Vancouver that uh, they have you as their owner of the BC Lions going forward. Congratulations on a great first period here, introducing yourself to everyone in the CFL family. And uh, I know after hearing this, that the love for you is only going to grow in Vancouver, in BC and far, far beyond. So thank you for the time. It's great to catch up with you. And I'm looking forward to doing it again soon. Marshall, thank you very much. And uh, go Lions this afternoon. And we look forward to speaking with you again and uh, all the best. My thanks to Amar Doman for joining the program. An interesting conversation with a man who has great roots in and around that area. Vancouver, Victoria, BC, the island, the mainland. It doesn't matter. He's got his feet on the ground. He understands the market. He's got energy. He's got enthusiasm. And he cares. He cares a lot. And you don't always get that in ownership. In Hamilton, I know where I live, when you've got Bob Young, the caretaker, it's been special for a long time in Hamilton. Why? Not because he's got a bunch of money. Not because he's been the owner for so long. Because he cares. Because he cares about the people. He cares about seeing the season ticket holders. I've seen him go to practices before or training camps at McMaster University and talk with the fans face-to-face. When was the last time you think Jerry Jones just went and sat in the stands at a training camp practice openly and started signing people's baseball hats like I've seen happen in Hamilton with Bob Young? You're going to get that with Amar Doman, as he just spoke about, and that's a very, very special and unique situation to be in. We should all be thankful as CFL fans and media to have someone like that in and around our game. We should also be thankful to Fox 40 for supporting this podcast. Be heard on the field with the Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG 120 decibels of sound power. The Sonic Blast can be heard over even the loudest of crowds. Shop now at fox40shop.com and get the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. Again, fox40shop.com and use that code CFP15 for 15% off at checkout. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for the uh, the patience on the delayed edition of the A Block. We've got Marsh and Mello coming up for you on Monday morning right here on CFP to recap all things over the weekend of great CFL action. For now, have yourselves a great Saturday.